podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sponsored by 1010 Podcasts. The Celtic Exchange, a fresh insight on Celtic Football Club. Welcome to episode 29 of the Celtic Exchange. This is Tino and today I'm joined by Paddy and James. Ange Postacoglu has taken the trips to Wales for their 10-day pre-season training camp. But anyone thinking it'll be any sort of holiday just needs to watch the recent mic'd up footage from Lennoxtown to realise that there'll be no easy sessions when Ange is around. We take part in a couple of fixtures while we're there and this will give us a chance to check out a couple of the new boys as well as Lee Griffiths, version 7.0, who this week signed a new one-year deal with the club. Paddy, we've finally got a Celtic game to look forward to after seven weeks or so without one. Are you excited for your first glimpse of an Ange Postacoglu Celtic side? Absolutely, it's always good to get the season going again. Um, I'm excited to see how how we shape up. Um, not excited to see, obviously, you know, we're still kind of waiting on signings coming in, which I think is, is we're at the very early stages of, but I'm interested to see how, how the players have reacted to the, the first week and a bit of, of training on the ranch and how he's going to try and lay things out tactically. I think that's interesting too. And he has spoke about the high press. He has spoke about the wingers coming into play and, and um, you know, a lot of the goals coming from that. And then I think even from the mic'd up video last week was just refreshing to hear some of his views, some of his, um, some of his like ideas on how the game should be played as well. So yeah, very excited about Wednesday's game. Yeah, and there's a lot of debate whether he's going to go 4-2-3-1 or 4-3-3. So we'll get a first look at that on Wednesday and, and we'll get some sort of idea of how he's going to potentially shape up. James, what about yourself? Are you looking forward to getting back to football and matters after all the noise and politics of last season? Yeah, just a, another step in my 10 row therapy, really. Getting back to football and, you know, it's, it's an exciting management appointment, I think. It's exciting football he's looking to play. Like Paddy says... You're not going to read too much, if anything, into it really because the guys who talk out this week for the friendlies aren't hopefully necessarily all the guys are talking out come, you know, the Michelin game and stuff like that. So, yeah, let, let's see what they've got just now. Let's see how they line up. But we're definitely waiting for personnel. Yeah. As any therapist will tell you, James, this is no overnight fix. It's going to take more than one or two sessions from Ange to, to really get you over the 10 in a row pain. But we'll get there bit by bit, I'm sure. So, as you'd mentioned, Paddy, obviously we've seen the, the mic'd up footage from Lennox Town. It's only a three-minute clip, of course, and it's you know it's obviously fairly well edited, and it'll be the kind of stuff that Ange and Celtic want you to see. But what was your first impressions of that? It was good content, wasn't it? Yeah, it's good content. Um, you know, something I think the modern game's kind of adapting to stuff like that. You're seeing a lot of the the, the teams getting a um, fans getting a better insight into how clubs run, how managers are all operating on that level as well. Part of me kind of reserves judgment on it though, because you know if you know you're being recorded or if you know you're being mic'd up and and audio recorded, you know you might hold back. But what I liked about Angus is that he, he didn't, <laughs> and it just seems you know just refreshing to see how he was going about his business. Um, what I, what I really enjoyed is the first um, few seconds into it, and every single person that come up and say good morning to him, every single one first name basis, and I thought. The guy's doing his homework. Obviously, he has to, but you know it's pretty good going for a squad. Of how many's there um, training, and he's 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 already making. You know, I know who you are. You know who I am, and it's uh, it's it's quite good to see. Quite refreshing. Um, take nothing away from the likes. Probably, I wouldn't jump too much into it and in saying that this is going to be um, this is going to be huge for us from listening to him in these early stages. But I, I think 
that type of shouting you get from any manager. But it's just, yeah, there's something refreshing to see a bit more organisation from this. And yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed seeing what he was saying. Yeah, I think ultimately it's just good to see Celtic evidently being coached again. I think we've all had our you know, opinions and concerns that that wasn't the case, unfortunately, under Neil Lennon. So just the fact that, yeah, as you say, he's not saying anything groundbreaking. A couple of them are you know, quite inspired in shouts and all that stuff, but nothing groundbreaking yeah. for a, a coach and certainly a coach of his experience. But it just gave you a confidence that there'll be so much more of that and there'll be you know in-depth team meetings and different things and mm-hmm. there's all of a sudden a professionalism returning to Lennox Town. What was your take, James? Yeah, interesting. The word you use there, confidence, that we get from that. I think it shows great confidence in you guys only just in the door and he's saying what make me up yeah go for it I know what I'm doing I've got mm. you know, belief in myself and that level of confidence which was sorely sorely lacking last season players feed off that and in every walk of life people feed off of confidence and Ange coming out and showing how confident he was and high energy on the training pitch players can feed off that so I think you've got a, a natural jump in their energy levels and their own self-belief Yeah, I was reading an interview in the last couple of days by a guy Arthur Papas who I think was Angie's assistant at Yokohama Marinos and I think I think the club actually done a, an Australian media only Zoom call which is interesting in itself mm. but Papas described Angie as supremely confident in himself and he says he won't be phased in any way shape or form by the challenge of Celtic he goes on to quotes that he's someone who's obsessed by his work and he'll turn the place upside down to get us on the right path. And I know there's loads of sound bites, you know, coming from that part of the world, but this is a guy who's worked in very, very close quarters. And again, these are all just noises at this moment in time. And even Ange himself, everything he's doing and saying is fine. And, you know, the proof will be in the pudding once it comes to what happens on the park. Mm. But it's definitely a case of so far so good, isn't it? Uh, absolutely. Um, you know, like like you're saying, even, even the early stages of how the club are dealing with this new appointment as well. So having that media um, Zoom call with with Australian press, that's good for us. That's good exposure. It makes sense. It makes sense on a business level to kind of, you know, get that brand exposure out in Australia. You know, there, there'll be thousands upon thousands that are, are, are followers of this manager and they'll, they'll be keeping an eye on how he's doing over here because he's representing them in a sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, that, that works well for us as well. And it makes the job even more more of a challenge for Ange in the sense that something he relishes, he wants to go and he wants to prove doubters wrong, which I'm pretty sure he's got plenty of, myself included at the very beginning, but mm-hmm. that's kind of calming down a bit, I have to say. I think his professionalism has really, really settled me. I don't know about you guys, I just think the way he's coming across, you know, like he's taken to this role so far, I'd like a duck to water. Yeah, I think as that, you know, he came in and did well doubters and you see them dropping off you know mm-hmm. by, by the day really as, as more uh, footage comes out of who he is and who yeah. he's, he's shown what he can do um, I, I lasted 12 hours on my doubting journey but <laughs> and I'd, like when it first came out I went wow look at this guy's record and then you know slept on it woke up the Saturday morning I had a wee look into things I was like mm, there might actually be something mm-hmm. here so but you know I, th- I think there's a decent point on that that great to see you know your, your own kind of belief starting to, to rise on mm-hmm. him as well Absolutely. but you still get some guys out there who want to be you know, right, you know, I, I thought he was rubbish and I kind of, I want Celtic to do well, but I'm okay if he does rubbish because then I'll be right. Absolutely. Not yourself, absolutely, but others. And we've got to move past that and oh. say, this is the guy, let's back him. Yeah, there's definitely a bit of that going on. There's still some fans who can't wait to say I told you so mm-hmm. and they're, they're digging in for their life. So absolutely for all of us, we hope that those individuals are wrong. Paddy, just, you were leaning towards something there. I've seen him, uh, Ange, described in certain quarters as a trailblazer. Mm. And I think that's, you know, definitely fits the bill because... He's faced these different challenges in his coaching journey, you know, throughout his 25 or 30 years or whatever it is as a coach. And this is really the the first big move for an Australian coach into a real high-profile job in Europe. And of course, he wants to succeed for himself, but he also wants to 
you know, blaze a channel for all coaches behind him to potentially follow that route into Europe. So here's hoping, obviously, that he can do that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to quote one of his uh, tirades, if you want to call it that, during the <laughs> session. So as you say, Paddy, it's obviously, he's well aware that the mic is on, but it, it didn't sound overly manufactured. It didn't, no. you know, he certainly wasn't reading off a script uh, like I'm just about to. Anyway, he went on to say, just get into your head, we never stop. We'll stop at halftime and we'll stop at the end of the game when we celebrate, but during the game, we don't stop. If the opposition wants to stop, that's good for us. We'll f***ing take advantage of it. Now, pretty strong and all that oh. stuff, but when you've seen it delivered, <laughs> it had an impact, didn't it? And listen, it doesn't matter if you're Odson Edward or one of the kids coming through. That strikes a chord, doesn't it? It's not ranting and raving for the sake of it. It's quite channeled aggression, and I think that's got its place, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, really important point on that as well about, you know, we keep moving, we don't stop. The... Game last year where near Beaton gets sent off the challenge of Morelos, miles away from goal, all that stuff, still a sending off, maybe. First half of that game, Griffiths all over it, closing down Tavernier every single time. Second half, tired, didn't close him down. Tavernier got his out ball, Morelos got fouled, and the guy was sent off. That's the two sides of Lee Griffiths, and what Postacoglis want to go and see from his players is it isn't a first half game, it's mm. 90 minutes, keep moving the whole time. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. I, I can see what you're saying. Um, Hearing that, that was one of the, the bits for me that just, you know, I I don't know about you guys, I, that just made me really just want to go back to Celtic Park now. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm more than ready. Um, that got me very excited in the sense that well, this is if this is going to be his approach, then I can't wait to see it. Because like James has said, there was there was more than one game like that, to be honest. Um, I think I uh, some of the boys and I were talking about it yesterday the other night and how... You know, the first few games, there was glimpses of, all oh, right, this, this, this guy's a natural goal scorer around the box. He's, he's He puts himself in any good positions. But then there was probably around about November, December, uh, and even in uh, uh, some of the games in January, I thought to myself, you're not playing for this team. You're, you're pulling away, you're pulling away. Now, a lot of that can come from, A, still trying to settle into the team, but it can also come from the management given. And I think uh, you're spot on. That game against Rangers when when Griffiths, and by the way, you're generous in giving him the first 45 minutes. I think I've seen him standing with his hands and his hips offside twice uh, with the last 10 minutes of that first half, you know, and that's that's the levels. It's, it's bringing that level thing back that I go back to with, with Rodgers, um, going back to the whole body fat thing. If you don't hit this certain percentage of body fat, you're training with the reserves. We need that professionalism because... Football is not of what it was 20 years ago and the likes of when Lennon was playing. You don't get that type of football anymore. Everyone needs to be fit. And if you're not, then you're not playing. And we need a full team fit. And I think that's promising from him. Yeah. And I think as well, what you can see that he's definitely, a, you know, he's a strong, clear communicator and the players won't be under any illusions of what's expected of him. You know, mm. you can tell that he's going to be very straight with them. And as he said before in his own quotes, you're either on board or you're not. And it won't take him long at all. The 10-day camp in Wales will give him a real insight into who's, who's playing ball or not. Mm -hmm. And it might be a, a very different picture when he brings him back up the road to Lennox Town. So, yeah, encouraging signs. Um, just while we're you know, on the subject of the mic'd up thing, um, as good use of social media and whether yeah. that's a, a Dom Mackay uh, you know, initiative or not, it's good to see. And actually... The messages coming out just seem to have been a wee bit better in recent times. Now, of course, we've had more positive news than we did in the last 12 months or so, but are you seeing a shift in that landscape in terms of the kind of messages the club are putting out and the, the feeling around the club at this moment in time? It's early early days. Um, I'm, I'm still, the judgment's still out with, with the, the, the club, to be honest. You know, I'm, I'm going back 
and uh, to the hills, and I'm going to back the team to the hills for those that want to play under him. But I'm still, it's still early days. Um, they let us down big time last season, and they got rid of one problem. There's still, there's still issues there, and if I can see that change, then I'm, I'm all on board with that as well. But at the moment, I'm backing Ange, and the things that they've done so far, yeah, refreshing, promising, but it's still very early. That's the kind of stance I'm taking on it as well because. People have rightfully said you can fully support Ange and the players whilst also being critical of any mistakes that are made behind the scenes. And, you know, as we're all aware, Don McKay's come in and so far so good from his point of view, despite some, you know, criticism from certain quarters. But generally speaking, he's done, you know, what's required of him so far. But there's still a lot of people behind the scenes at Celtic Park who aren't flavour of the month and haven't been for some time. So I don't think they should be escaping criticism when it's due. But I think at this moment in time, in terms of what we do and other you know fans do of, of their own volition, you've got to fully back the manager, haven't you, and support what he's looking to do. See, see going back on what I was saying there, though, as well, um, I'm talking about, obviously, the board and some of the things that have happened. And it's every role at the club, it even comes for your market and it comes down to your social media side of things, has, has been poorly run. The ones that are kind of giving Mackay a bit of criticism, I actually don't agree with. Um, he didn't come into his role officially on the first. Now, one of the things that I think Mackay has been doing is basically planning in case how didn't happen. Mm -hmm. And I think that he's been the one, with the sounds of it from the two press conferences that he's, they've held, he's been the one that's went after Ange and he's had everything in place for that to to be the backup, almost, mm -hmm. uh, if the how thing didn't happen. How's the big name over here? We, we, we can't forget that. But I like the way um, Ange kind of answered the question on, you know, if he was the second, second yeah, the yeah. option. As I said on this podcast, that doesn't matter in football. It matters to selling newspapers, it matters to the gossip columns, it matters to the fans that have something to talk about. Mm -hmm. If you're a, a player or a manager or a coach, if you're second choice, you're going to need to prove, well, here's why I'm first choice. They don't, they don't care about that. Um, but going back to Dom, the guy's got to have a clean slate and we've got to give him time too. That, that's and I think there's a wee, that's missing a wee bit from the fan base. Um, I think new CEO is going to come in, he's going to look at what talent he's got around him. <laughs> a bit like I was saying about Ange and Griffiths, Mikhail will be doing the exact same with the talent he's got around him and saying, mm -hmm. you know, not sure you've got it. And in this, this point in a year's time, I think we'll be looking at different personnel at executive positions and also on the non-executive side, guys who've been just there for a long time, not given any fresh ideas, that's got to change up as well. But as much as Ange deserves his chance, so does Don McKay, clean slate. Yeah, yeah I totally agree with that. And, and there's no overnight fixes as well. You know, if there are to be changes behind the scenes, that can't all be done at once. There's a, you know, there's a, you know, it's a business at the end of the day and you need to do these things in, in stages. So, yeah, I think we might find it's a, a very different place in 12 months' time. But obviously, uh, we'll stay close to that. Going back to something you said there, Paddy, just in terms of some of the questions that Don McKay answered at the press conference, what I was really encouraged by was somebody asked him if... Ange was his man and he replied 100% he yeah. is my man and he was, he was very strong about that and as you say yeah obviously we were going for Eddie Howe and that was a move but it seems that there were moves afoot mm -hmm. or behind the scenes should I say in terms of a plan B, C, D and E which you should have you know and even if Eddie Howe was 99.9% .9 which it seemed he was you must have a backup and despite us maybe questioning it a few weeks you know prior it seems they did have a backup yep. and we're now seeing the, the fruits of that labour um, just to go back to, I had mentioned his assistant there at Yokohama Mariners, so Arthur Papas and, and all the kind of glowing references he's given him. One of the terms that I'd mentioned there was that he thinks Ange will turn the place upside down and get us in the right path. We kind of need turned upside down, don't if, we? If you turn Celtic upside down, it'll be the right way up. <laughs> That's kind of what's needed. If that makes right. sense. Now, obviously, as in many others, I've speculated about 
the assistance and who he'll bring in and different things. I'm actually a lot less concerned about that than what I was prior because I think ultimately Ange will dictate, you know, he'll delegate like any good leader does and should and he'll say, this is my message, this is how we're doing it, get on board or not. So as much as it applies to the Lee Griffiths season, you know, Ayetis and various other players, he'll also be dictating it just now to see how John Kennedy responds, Gavin Strachan and anyone else that's in the background in the periphery and he'll say, yep, they can respond, they're on board, they can stay. And if not, they'll simply go. So I, I don't have that concern and that anxiety that I think a lot had previously about all of that. Strange how quickly that's dropped off for, for myself as well. You know, it was the it was the hot ticket. You know, who's going to be his backroom staff, etc., etc. I mean, from what I can see on the training grounds, they're not allowed to do anything anyway because he's doing it all himself. So how important is it? You need your, your number two, of course you do. It's, it's an important position. But Ange, much like Dom's looking at things slowly, saying, well, show me what you got. And, you know, Kennedy is technically a good coach. You know, mm. He's well-respected. You know, Rodgers wanted to take him away and all that kind of stuff. So uh, it doesn't stress me like it once did. Yeah. As a good friend of mine uh, once described some of these coaches, some of these guys will just simply become the BBC guys, Paddy. You know what that is? No. Balls, bibs and cones. That's their <laughs> job and they'll put them out. So it'll be interesting to see how that uh, plays out in the weeks ahead. Um, James, in signing news of sorts, one that will delight you, I'm sure. Lee Griffiths signed a one-year extension this week. Uh, I know you were banging the drum for it to get kept on. Um, what was your initial response to that news? Uh, you know, pragmatism rules here. You know, at that point with three weeks to go to a, a Champions League qualifier and you're saying, who can we get in You know, to augment the strike force? Probably not a lot. Um, you've got to quarantine as well before they can actually join the squad blah 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 so you've got talent there and if you get the deal he's on which I believe is about third of the wages they were 20,000 to 7,000 something like that but hopefully that's highly incentivised on appearances and goals and, and gives them drivers so he can go and perform you know the whole point about Griffiths is we know what a talent he is I saw pictures in the day actually at the airport looking very svelte looking you know like he'd, he'd done some work anyway so you've now got a guy who's got all the experience, all the talent, all the motivation. So pragmatism rules on this one. And Griffiths is a talent that we've got for relatively inexpensive outlay. Yeah, uh, Paddy, James and many others thought he might have been shown the door. But, you know, as stated there, he's, he's here for at least one more year. How do you feel about it? Um, I don't know if it's something they've had to act on in the terms of the contract. Um, again, we'll go back to that um, op like option of giving that player that final year. And I wonder if it's just been part of the fact that the, the, the squad is quite bare at the moment. Um, I spoke about the likes of keeping someone like Anthony Nelson. It's not that he's, he's going to be a great player for us. It's because we need that position filled. And like like uh, James made a good point there, is that if you're bringing people in from abroad, there's the quarantine side of things as well. I have to think, though, on the likes of someone like Griffiths, is that we're... we're Going in here, a lot of fans are kind of saying, we've got to give him another chance. He's a, he's a proven goal scorer. I think he's averaged six goals in the last five seasons. Six goals a season for la the last five years. He's not shown any um, anything towards the, the club in sense of, you know, loyalty, respect to the, the supporters. I think um, a lot of people are still holding on to the fact that he scored 40 goals and he tied a, a scarf around the goalposts mm. at Ibrox. I can get where you're coming from. He's looking to get into shape, but where does that leave us in a year? Do we give a 32-year-old striker another another year's contract? And I can see where you're coming from, to be honest, though, James. And and I I want to see him going bang the goals and prove me wrong. That's mm. where I'm sitting on it. Yeah. But the thing is, I think he's going to be a backup, and I think he knows he's going to be a backup this season, which is okay. 
Mm. Yeah, I mean, Paddy, you're pushing an open door trying to convince James that Griffiths is no use because <laughs> he's made his feelings on the, the oh, right. very, yeah. very clear. For me, I, I'm the opposite. Um, I'm, I was really pleased with it because I think it's a win-win situation. I think Ange will, will have been so far very, very clear with him on what's expected. And I think what you'll get is one or two things. You'll get a reinvigorated Lee Griffiths, fully motivated and ready to hopefully return to that. You know, 40 goal a season striker that we all know that he can be. Uh, the alternative is if he doesn't play ball, and we'll make an example of him mm. and he'll show the rest of the squad what happens when you don't follow his rules and he'll cut him and he'll do it in a, in a profile that, that lets him know that the rest of the squad, you know, they're on a shaky peg if they follow that route. So yeah. I can't really see the downside. As James said, the outlay in wages won't be as much as what it has been in previous years. And I just think it's, you know, as you say, it's a pragmatic approach and, and I'm all for it. I always I also seen someone suggest that we've, we've just kept him on to uh, make, way. Make, aye, yeah. make way for, for Nisbet. For a, for so a like transfer a, back at Bills. Well, time will tell if that's <laughs> to be the case. Um, I mean, Paddy, you predicted a few weeks back that you thought uh, your big statement was that Albion Ayeti will turn it around this year yep. um, and going to kick on. And I think there's a good chance that he will. But I'm going to back Lee Griffiths to outscore Albion Ayeti. Now, I hope oh. it's not three goals to two goals or something stupid. Yeah. I hope it's 28 to 25 or something. We'll see you on that one. Um, I'm not retracting my statement. <laughs> however, but you're about, that's what somebody says is they're about to retract however, my statement. I've been thinking a lot more about um, Edward lately mm -hmm. and whether or not, you know, again, I spoke on this a few weeks ago and I think we were all in agreement that, you know, time's up for him. He's, he's, he's going to push for the move. I'm now actually starting to sit and think it's not in Celtic's best interest to sell him with what's going to be you know, a, a hefty chunk of that that total value is going to go to Paris Saint-Germain. Yeah. I wonder if his agent's just saying, you know, clubs aren't going to come in for you. They're just now they're not going to spend the money because Celtic will want more because of that clause as well. Is it going to be a case Celtic are just going to say, stay this year, like you guys mentioned a few weeks ago, get us to the Champions League and then and then go, you Make know, just go on that free. I think that's maybe something that they're, they're possibly thinking about. And I've only came across that. It was my friend. Uh, one of my friends made me think about that last night. So the Yeti thing, I don't know now. <laughs> I mean, don't, don't go wrong, Paddy, just to confirm that we all reserve the right to completely change your mind on any given statement <laughs> uh, over the last few weeks of this podcast. Uh, I, I think it's risky. You know, you know, a motivated Edward with the talent he's got in his locker, uh, you know, to have him in with us would be, would be great. But... You know, if you're going to gamble on him getting you to the Champions League and then not, and then he's on a free transfer, what a gamble that is. Yeah. For me, it's sign or go. So sign a three-year extension or go. Yeah, it, there's no doubt there's there's risk at all sides of that. And mm -hmm. it's, it's definitely, um, it is a gamble. I, I'm I'm leaning towards what Paddy and his mate were saying there about, you know, if we got a minute, keep in mind there's, there's potentially two Champions League pots at stake, i.e., the one this year, if we manage to get past Michelin and, and whoever's beyond that, and also and the fact automatic. that you win the league, you get yeah. automatic. So there's potentially 80 million up for grabs there. Exactly. So it's a huge prize, and Odson Edward makes it more likely to get to those prizes. But as you say, James, the downside is he has another made of a season, he goes for nothing, and it's whatever, X yeah. million down the stank. So yeah, be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, obviously, we've spoken about how we are still light up top. So we've mentioned just there Griffiths, Ayeti, and obviously Odson Edward. Um, and that's about it. So we're not really sure who's going to be fit and firing of those three. Um, we've seen a couple of guys and we're going to talk about it in a second, but a striker's a must, isn't it? Um, yeah, I think so. I think so um, because we we generally have two, well, three strikers at the moment that we, we don't know 
if we can trust him for this season because like James said you need a motivated Edward he's still the best player in the league when he's motivated mm -hmm. yeah I've not even mentioned Bio there has, has anyone seen he's him in the Olympics well, is he at the airport he's, he's going to the Olympics for a start aye, aye, geez, but he's, he's back he is back he's uh, not going as a footballer is he is he hurdles <laughs> or something <laughs> but he's um, he, he, again he's going to be part of the squad unless again it's a what an agent decides no we'll yeah. try and get a move for him just now but it was interesting to see those players, the the pictures of the players heading out are down to Wales today. So we've seen the the Ayers, Hudson Edward, of course, and Olivia and Cham looking his his moody self. Yeah. And there's guys around that you you just don't expect to feature at, at different points next year. I think Shved's there as well. Mm -hmm. Ball and goalies around, and there's lots of work to do to to fine tune the squad. Eh? Oh, big time. Um, all those guys, you know, Cham, uh, Edward. Who was it? Uh, Christy, you know, those, those kind of, that's your top three mm -hmm. kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I wonder what's going on the business side of things that we're, we're not saying, right, these, these guys are, you know, angling for moves, their agents are angling for moves. Let's make it work to the best of everyone's interests. Yeah. I'm, I'm wondering why they're still around. Yeah, but I suppose just from a professional point of view, they've got to stay fit and prime for whoever may come calling. So there's a an onus on them just to stay fit and ready for whenever the call may be. Well, they're effectively still working, aren't they? You know, mm -hmm. they're still getting paid. So they should be there. They should be a, um, at everything that's um, set out from Celtic. Um, I'd like to kind of have a... Uh, I'd like to hope that there's something in this pre-season trip where there's a bit more bonding in the sense that, you know, it's a new, it's a new regime, it's a new management... Everything's a bit fresher at the club. Um, you know, we've, we've spoke about players that are maybe going to, are they going to be given a second chance or is there players that are maybe going to be swayed to stay? I think this is your, your best chance here is this this little pre-season tour that's going to happen. Um, but also, you know, the ones that want to go will want to get fit too. So mm -hmm. it's, it's a difficult one for the manager there again. But as a manager, you want to try and keep these players because if we lose them, the squad goes quite thin, as, yeah. we, as we spoke it's about. Already is, yeah. It's 10 days in close quarters with Ange, and yeah. this is where guys like Christy might go, hold on a minute, yeah. this guy's got a bit of something, maybe I want to be part of this, and there's others in that boat. So, yeah, the 10 days could be crucial in terms of the, the team and how it forms. But we're also in a bit of a false transfer window, you know, mm. pre-end of the Euros. If you look at, you know, Saturday coming, you know, the Euros is, is moved on Saturday, Sunday, Saturday night. Sunday, yeah, Sunday. Sunday night, yeah. So after that is when transfer activity will start to ramp up. Yeah. So maybe nothing happens until a week today, you know. True. And I, I'm kind of going back to what you were saying about the likes of Ryan Christie might have a wee listen and think, oh, maybe I do kick about here. These guys have spoke um, quite a lot lately about why they feel that they're ready to go down and, and you know, play at a higher level down in the Premier League. I wouldn't be too amused with being linked to, no offence to them, but I wouldn't be too amused being linked to teams like Norwich, Crystal Palace, teams that go to be the bottom end of the league. For me, Ayer is someone that, you know, wants to probably play at a high level, playing European football. Not too long ago, he, he was being linked with uh, AC Milan quite frequently as well. To go to Norwich, I don't see that as much as a stepping stone, and I, I go back to Gary Hooper on that one. Yeah, I, I suppose they might not be amused by the, the move from a footballing sense, but they might be amused by the... 40, 45, 50 grand on Stuart yeah, Armstrong true. effect. So Armstrong, Christy, our, our friends, and he's like, I'm on 40 a week, mate, you know? Yeah, maybe even more than that. Probably more, eh? Uh, Kieran, uh, signed 110 grand yeah, uh, yeah. a week, five-year extension. So there's there's lots of dough down there. And ultimately, you know, with these guys, they know it's a short career and, and money can talk. So whether it's true. Norwich or whoever, I think that can be the attraction, unfortunately. So one guy we have brought in is Osese Arogide. <laughs> if I've got that correct, uh, he turned 21 on the 4th of July, six foot two inches, uh, centre half slash right back that we brought in on a, a free. I think we might need to pay a, 
compensation type mm-hmm. uh, set up with Sheffield Wednesday. But um, I thought he spoke well. I don't know if you lads yeah. have watched his interview. Yeah. And he, whether he comes in now or, or is one for the future, I'm quite pleased about that. Yeah, real, real enthusiasm from him. You know, you could just tell he was he was excited by the whole move. And again, having guys in there with that enthusiasm spreads throughout the, the dressing room. And you, you want to see that from his own talent perspective. I think he's more certain half than right back. He's he's definitely raw. You know, he's got stuff to be coached into him. But, he's, you know, he's, he's all there. He's a big, strong lad. Um, whether he's, I mean, do you think he's straight in? Do you think he's development? That was a question for you, lads. That, that was what I was going to pose. So do we think he's maybe somebody who will be in the periphery? I mean, you know, we signed um, Jeremy Frimpong, who yeah. was very much meant to be a, a development player, but he showed too much in training for them not to include him. And obviously he went on and, and we've raked in 11 million for him. I think it could be a similar situation. He'll mm-hmm. be given every chance. And listen, Wales has come at the right time for a guy like him as well, because he'll be saying, look at what I can do. I'm yeah. not here to sit on the bench or the development team. He'll be able to prove that at 21... He's man enough to go and become a, a first-team footballer. Going up against his old team on Wednesday as well. With oh, sorry, yeah. Very interesting. So him and yeah. Liam Shaw. I mean, Liam there is Shaw, an interesting yeah. side story to the whole thing. So you might have read that a, a former scout at Celtic, a guy called Mike Trusson, left Celtic a couple of years ago to join Sheffield Wednesday mm-hmm. as assistant to Tony Pulis. That move in itself didn't work out very short term. But interesting that following that, we then land two high-potential young players. So Liam Shaw's obviously the other one. Um, Celtic scouts have been slated and rightfully so but there's obviously something at play there that we've taken two uh, highly thought of youngsters and, and brought them up to Scotland but the proof will be whether they can you know, do something like Jeremy Frimpong done or less so like Leo Connor for example who yeah. came up with a bit of noise and has barely featured Luke O'Connell as well in that bracket I think the thing with O'Connor though and again possibly someone that's going to still get this run out possibly during pre-season because he got his first call up for a new Irish national team not yeah. too long ago I still think you've kind of you know he's still young enough to, to be given an opportunity, given a chance. Um, given the, the new guy's uh, situation you're kind of talking about, whether he would maybe go into the team straight away, if it's going to be as a centre-half, I'm unsure. I think there's everything's still up for debate there because if we don't know if we've got a fit Julian back yet. We don't know if I are staying. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still very unconvinced about uh, young Stephen Wells, to be honest. I don't think he's going to be the grade that we need, to be honest. Um, but, you know, he's still young, I suppose, but mm-hmm. still unsure. But then, if for the new guy to maybe go out to right back from the get go, then then yes, uh-huh. because we don't have anyone yeah. there. So you give him a try, give him this pre-season, see how he reacts to it. See, there's obviously no pressure on in these games, but just see how he reacts to the system and just try to set it up. So yeah, it could be good for him. Yeah, I hope he gets some game time down there because he's actually got his very own YouTube channel and he needs some good content to to drum up some subscribers. Nice. But I'm sure you've subscribed, Paddy. Have you not? No, not yet. I didn't know. There we are, breaking news. Um, just to go back to Liam Shaw, who I touched on very briefly. So Tony Pulis, who had mentioned, tipped him big time to be a, an English Premier League player at some point in the future. He seems, again, raw is the word you use, James, and I think that's right. He also seems to be very versatile, which I'm not sure is always a good thing. Yeah, I kind of call it the Phil Neville syndrome, where you're, you're not a right back, you're not a right mid, you're, not a, you're just that kind of guy that the, the gaffer can call on at any given time. So I'm actually not entirely sure where Liam Shaw plays but what do you think about him so far? He's default left back isn't he? That's his preferred position? No I'm not sure uh, centre mid is what I had heard as well uh, so uh, we'll see I have no idea then I mean I think utility players are all well and good um, maybe in this transition season it is very useful it's not the preferred solution you want to have guys experts in their field mm-hmm. Yeah, i interesting to see how they fare coming up against their old team and how much time Ange gives them because I think there's a bit of I think Wednesday a bit Pissed off about it, to be honest with you. I think their fans certainly are that they're, they're losing these guys for next to nothing. They're in a bit of a uh, sticky situation just now, I think, financially as well. Um, and I don't know if the next contract for these young players was going to be bigger 
and for them not to be able to afford it, they've just decided to cash in on the compensation fees, to be honest. Um, obviously, they're down in League One now as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I think they're trying to kind of rein the money in a wee bit. But uh, I, I can see what you mean. But I think if there was fans at these games, then maybe a right. bit of a bit of a heated situation there. But no, nah, I, don't, I don't think between the two clubs as much. Yeah, I don't think there'll be any huge animosity there. So, yeah, so good to welcome the two new lads and hopefully they're the first of, of many new signings that we take in over the next couple of weeks. So, I mean, Celtic, they continue to be linked with, I suppose, a lot of the, the same names at this moment in time. Paddy, you mentioned Kevin Nisbet, Aaron Hickey still doing the rounds, Matt Ryan, the goalie. A Dutch left-back called Kenneth Pahl, I think, is the name that's been linked this week, and Mario Vuskovic, who we, of course, covered last week from Hadjuk Split. So there's lots of these same names, but I quite like... A signing like um, Urugede that you've never actually heard of and Celtic just announced that he signed. Yeah. That's quite pleasing to see because for all the rumours, we actually don't know much more than, than anyone else. And it's good sometimes when Celtic just confirm this guy's in the building. And that's something again I touched on a couple of weeks ago. That, for me, that that's the step above that we need to be at, at every, every corner, every corner, like, like, to be able to just kind of surprise everyone, surprise the mainstream media because... As I say, when it came from last season, a lot of our stories were coming from the board that were coming through the likes of Keith Jackson, stuff like that there. Fans don't want that. Mm-hmm. Fans don't have a lot. Of, there are some that obviously have a lot of trust in the likes of these papers and stuff like that, but not everyone does. And I think when you've got the club firing all cylinders and the level of professionalism um, is to a high standard and things are getting released that way, then it catches everyone off guard. And it's exciting for the fans and it leaves everyone scratching their heads how they've not got that news as well. Mm. I think that's really good. Another name, actually, to be honest, um, that is, we've been linked to, I was reading about a wee bit today, is Aaron Moy. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, I'd quite like to see him at Celtic. Mm-hmm. I've been thinking about it a lot lately. I think he's um, I think he's Brown 2.0 in the sense that he's a bit of a, a obviously, a younger version, but he's more box-to-box, a lot quicker than Brown, actually. Mm-hmm. And I just think he would be a good addition and, and scores a few as well. Um, yeah, I've, I've seen glimpses of him over the years when he was at Huddersfield and the likes. And obviously, he's very well known to Ange from his time with the Australian national team. So I think he's 30 years of age. Yeah. Um, and I think he's on a right few quid out in I, I China. 100 grand plus a week. So that would know. be the issue. And the location's good yeah. for the family back home in Australia as well. But so I, th- I think there's a, a cap coming in in that league, which is going to be a problem for that mm-hmm. that kind of wage anyway so mm. it's going to change it's whether he can maintain that somewhere else unlikely does he make a move to England where he can get something like that or does he make a move to a Gaffrey likes yeah I mean there was a picture of him uh, from some kind of grainy iPhone at an airport in the last 24 hours so it's definitely <laughs> definitely happening definitely. so we can look forward to that <laughs> so in terms of the, the fixtures this week we mentioned that we play Sheffield Wednesday on Wednesday and then Charlton on Saturday both 3pm kickoffs. so these games should see a, a series of firsts so obviously it's Ange's first game in charge it'll be a first glimpse of the formation he plays which might not be set in stone as, as the one for all season, but it'll give us an idea. And obviously it's, you know, the first uh, starts or the first appearances we should see for sure in Uruguide. What are you looking forward to most from the games coming up? Just that it is football and it's not, no harm to Kennedy, but it's not that season's football. It's just a Celtic team playing, starting to feel his confidence coming through, starting to see how he's going to uh, set the teams up. Three o'clock Wednesday, that's going to be a challenging one for the for knocking off work, but we'll give it a good go. Um yeah, just, just excited to see a Celtic team out there, see how he's lining up. Again, from what we said at the top of the show, I'm not reading anything because I want to see people come in and take those places rather than the squad we've got. Be interesting to see if there's a, a positive attitude from the guys who are looking at their moves because they're you know, in a very small shop window of some sort. 
Um, yeah, just looking forward to seeing Celtic on the park. Yeah, what about yourself, Paddy? What excites you most about these games? So, obviously, something that's been spoken about, Ange, is he's, um, he likes to bring youth through. And a lot of our players are still, obviously, some of our players are still um, off from the Euros, playing in the Euros. So, I think it's going to be a good opportunity for a lot of players. Um, I'm excited to see how we line up how the formation is going to be, how we, we, do we go to the byline or do we try and cut in, you know, just a lot a lot of that stuff is fairly predictable under Lennon and I want to see how he kind of approaches the game. So, yeah, very excited to see how yeah. we got on. And there's lots of, you know, lesser spotted younger players. So I mentioned guys like Luke O'Connell, Leo Connor, Adam Montgomery, who we got a glimpse of last week. And, and I agree, Paddy, I'm looking forward to seeing those young lads and they've clearly featured uh, strongly in some of the training footage we've seen from Lennox Town. There's also guys that, we're all well aware of that I'd really like to see. So Mikey Johnson, who had mm. a really stop start year last year. Karamoko Dembele, who's still around, despite the fact that some thought contractually he was off last yeah. year. And even, as I say, Lee Griffiths version 7.0, who's looking lean, tanned and relaxed, as James said. So I'm quite excited to see lots of these guys who were seriously under the spotlight last year for a variety of reasons, didn't perform, but now it's a fresh slate for everyone. And it'll be really interesting to see how they respond to, to Ange and to his early time in charge. No, definitely, and I think, like you say, it's a fresh slate for everyone, and I actually have to include Kennedy and uh, Stracker in that as well. Yeah. Um, I've not seen an awful lot from them, but um, Kennedy's been in and about it for the past, what, six, seven years in this role um, since Tyler, mm-hmm. and I think to myself that he has something about him, that he, he's, he's gained respect of a lot of players, they've all enjoyed working under him to some point. I just kind of felt sorry for him when he took the caretaker role last year, even though it won quite a a, a lot of people a lot of money. <laughs> um, but I felt sorry for him in the sense that he was, you know, he was just kind of having to see the season out effectively. So he wasn't trying to implement a style, wasn't trying to implement anything. He was just going through the motions with the players. Um, I hope that everyone kind of takes to the two of them for this season because it is a fresh start. And we want to see... Strachan's came here with a bit of... Uh, you know, sorry, he's came off the back of a bit of praise from down south, and I want to see, I want to see that implemented. Yeah, but it, it's, it must be around somewhere. That's the thing. He's got talent. We've just not seen it. I think. Yeah, it's who he's working with, isn't it? It's also very hard for us as regular fans to see how talented a coach is or not, because unless you're up at Lennox down hiding behind the fences, watching what they're doing day mm. in day out, and sitting in on team meetings and different things, there's no way to to see you know what they're implementing, what they're what they're bringing to the party, and you know with their kind of fans eyes we, we really had no idea well true but at the same time I think body language alone I mean at points the three of them in the dugout last year didn't even want to look at each other and that was very off-putting for Celtic fans um, but you want to see a bit of a difference and I think with um, the ag- aggression that Angel probably bring a good aggression mm-hmm. you might see a bit of life starting to come back into this team and those that are there, like I say, it might be that they, they take on what this guy's saying and everyone starts going in the same way and we start playing the football that we know we can and we start winning things we know, the way we can as well. We know that we can we can definitely go on and, and, and win a league. Yeah, I think it was clear, just as you said about the body language, there was just no cohesion between Lennon and his team and it was kind of fairly obvious that Lennon was told to take those guys based on has previous at Celtic it's clear that Peter Lowell dictated yep you can come back but these are your guys this feels different because at the moment yep they're the same guys that Ange will work with but he seems to have the autonomy to decide yeah that's fine let's see how they go and if they meet my standards they can stay and if not I'll replace them but in terms of John Kennedy 
you know, everyone I speak to, and there's different voices from places like Lennox Town and, and even guys like Kieran Tierney, they absolutely rave about John Kennedy as a coach. And these guys can't be wrong. And if, do you know what? If Kieran Tierney says it, that'll do because mm. he, he's been there and experienced it through the youth coaching that John Kennedy done with him and then the first team stuff under Ronnie Dyla. And I think Ange will come in and obviously he's assessing the squad with each passing day. He's very much assessing the coaches around him. And I think he'll be equally impressed by John Kennedy. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if he becomes his number two. Mm. Is it the best thing for John Kennedy If he wants to be a manager And maybe he doesn't want to be a manager But if he wants to be a manager I think he should get out um, I'm all for the clean slate thing But if you're looking at all sides of it I, I, My preference would still be That we bring in fresh blood uh, For the background as much as It'll be Angie's call if they've got it or not Kennedy constantly impresses us But I just wonder you know, is it just the, the attachment to last season for me? Maybe so, maybe so. But it's, you know, some people, some people are just coaches and some are managers and, and it doesn't always work when coaches step out in their own right. A guy that springs to mind just now is Brian Kidd, who's just announced his retirement from Man City this week. He famously tried to step out from under Alex Ferguson's shadow and he moved to Blackburn and it was an absolute disaster. And he pro proved that he just wasn't that guy. He was the coach and all the players love him and, and he'd done that job very well. But when he tried to stand out as his own, as a number one, it didn't quite work and it's a very different role altogether so it'd be interesting if John Kennedy sees himself as that at some point and I think he probably will but maybe maybe not may uh, maybe he's also enjoying what Angie's bringing to the party and maybe he wants to be part of it he, he, he must be enjoying it the, the atmosphere he worked under last year yeah uh, you know absolutely breath of fresh air so anyway on to far more important matters what about that third kit Paddy <laughs> nah dear not, oh dear not for me not for me um, <laughs> I'd like to know who was on the focus group. I know, I know. I, I actually seen um, the guys from 20 Minute Tims were talking about it today as well. And actually, they, they someone put a, the, the, their idea that they had kind of spoke about, someone made a mock-up of it. Mm -hmm. And it looked a hundred times better. And it was the badge moving on to the heart and uh -huh. not, not being in the centre. And the Adidas badge being on the right-hand side of the chest. It looked so much better. Yeah. So much better. And yeah, this is... Uh, the first picture I seen of it, obviously it was a grainy picture and it looked like a a more yellow white, to be honest. It looks as if it had been through a thousand washies. Bit chungum white. Bit chungum white, aye. Um, and I kind of thought when I seen it, I was like, right, okay, okay. And then the bit that killed me the most was the, the socks with the red oh, top. Oh dear, aye. Up to your knees in crimson socks. <laughs> um, you wonder what's the need for it though and, and why yeah. the pink stripe. But you know, see when it comes to Celtic away kits, stick with black, gold, yellow, versions of green. You can't go far wrong. I just don't understand this introduction of the... I, I did this kit designer was my player of the year last season. I thought he'd put some great kits out, you know, yep. put together and stuff. It might be just one of those where they like to throw a bit of a, a crazy one out there because it gets idiots like us talking about it. <laughs> it does that, and it gets guys like Miff and his two kids buying it. <laughs> so, so you know that's going to happen. Yep. Uh, but we know obviously that colour's kind of been floating about uh, a few away tops in the mm. past few years. And I think it is all stemming off the, was it the, the colour of the ticket for Lisbon? Yeah, I've got certain thoughts on that with yeah. so much here. But it's, uh, yeah, apparently some form of. Uh, is Cerise the type, the, the colour that was described as featured on the back of the ticket in Lisbon? <laughs> That's the reason. <laughs> aye, I don't want to get into that too much because, <laughs> aye. Anyway, but it's a, it's an interesting one. It seems a wee bit of a retrospective story as to why we're using certain colours and kits, but it's a, there's just no need for it. As no. I say, there's certain colours that work really well for, for Celtic and, and pink, unfortunately, isn't one of them. So, anyway, we'll see how that fares. The good thing, as you say, James, is they'll only wear it two or three times a season, so yeah, if you really don't that, like yeah. it, don't worry too much. You don't need to, to see it too much and you certainly don't need to buy it. Can we wear it against hips? Okay. I don't know, somebody did ask the question. 
It's too much weight. No. You know? Maybe just go shirts free skins that day, Paddy. See how that plays out. Back a new balance number. Yeah. So we're only two weeks out now from the the Michelin game. Um, And it does still feel we're, you know, quite a a fair bit from being ready for that, despite the, you know, the optimism. And I think there's generally a bit of a feel good returning to the, you know, to Celtic in general. So how do you feel about that game, James? Obviously, it's hugely important and there's so much money at stake as well. Yeah. I mean, and it's coming up fast. Um, What I feel now that I never did in the last, you know, however many number of seasons under LOL, is that things are happening behind the scenes, mm. you know, that, that it's, if we don't get the guys in for this one, hopefully for the next one, it won't be if they want to try and there's a lot of work going on. So I feel we're unprepared in terms of a squad, but I think you've got a manager who can get a tune out of what he's got. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, they'll be, they'll be able to compete in that game for sure. They're no mugs, you know, they have experience in the Champions League, but there's talent in that squad and now you've got motivated talent in that squad which wasn't there last season. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not a, you know, it's not a game that we're going to throw by any stretch and stuff. But it's going to be tough for those guys to be up to speed with Angie's mes- methods, his his formations, his approach. Yeah. And even no matter how motivated they are, sometimes you know you need to also have the ability to go with that. And if we've got young guys who haven't featured at that level, it is going to be a toughie for some of those kids. Definitely, but I think obviously we've been speaking quite a lot about the 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 squad being quite thin. It's not thin at the moment. The players that we're thinking are leaving, they're not gone yet. And like you mentioned earlier on there, James, they need to be of a certain level, a certain fitness to be ready for this season. So if they're the players that are going to be involved in our Champions League games, then that'll help us. That'll be a benefit too. So no, I I think it's going to be quite a 50-50 game, to be honest, mm. against them. They're, they're a good outfit, but they're also, they've, they've just started a pre-season too. So mm-hmm. it's going to be both teams kind of, you know, slugging it out, I think. I think yeah. it'll be a tough game. And if Celtic do fall at that hurdle and end up making it to the Europa League, is that something I think you'd mentioned last time on, Paddy, that that's maybe where your head was at for this season? You think that's more like our level at this moment in time? Sadly, I think over the last... I, I've looked at Celtic in Europe over the last 10 years and I, we have a lot of memories, obviously, the years with the stuff we've done in the Champions League and, you know, the, the joys of the nights, the music, you know, the atmosphere at the some of the games. But sadly, just in the way that football has changed and money has changed in football, um, I think we're more of a club suited for the Europa League. And I actually think that that's where we might find a level. However, if we do lose players early on this this um, transfer window, mm-hmm. then you know it'll be tough to get into that as well. Yeah, yeah. There's there's no easy games in Europe. I think there's been a managed decline of Celtic putting Celtic into Europa League level. If you look at clubs like Porto, who you know consistently compete for the Champions League, and how much mm-hmm. they've traded in terms of players, training players through their youth and trading them on, Celtic had the opportunity to do that and just made an absolute mess of it. So I agree that's where we are. I don't think that's where we should be as a club. Oh, I think de- Celtic are a Champions League club and we've been managed into that position by the penny pinching. They're not signing yeah. guys for qualifiers, signing guys after you qualify for the Europa instead of getting the guys in. Yeah. They can take you to the Champions League and selling guys that could have taken you there and, and all that stuff. So we've we, we put ourselves in this position. Yeah, I think at times at Celtic there's been a Champions League ego, but Europa League actions if you like in mm. terms of who we've Big signed and, and when we've signed them but there's such a huge difference uh, in terms of the prize pot available so I mean the question is would you rather go to the Champions League get 40 odd million and get absolutely hammered five times and I mean five six and seven mm-hmm. nils like Barcelona's and PSG's or do you go to the Europa League where the pot is at least half that in fact it's more than half of that uh, but you've got a chance to compete and potentially end up at the knockout stages so it's, it's money versus football isn't it? Yeah. The Rodgers season where he had the 
ideology, hellbent on his ide- ideology of how to play football and get absolutely horsed off of PSG. I mean, that was just, what can you learn from that? I, yeah. I really didn't understand that, what Rodgers was playing out there. Maybe you get something different from Postcoglu, but maybe not. He likes to play his football. Mm-hmm. So do we go put mm-hmm. ourselves in for, I mean, I haven't got many of those left in me, you know? Yes, it could be a, a roller coaster in Europe, if not elsewhere this season. Just to note, Paddy, the Europa League final this season is in Seville. Just saying, 19 years on. <laughs> Well, too, too soon, too soon to talk no, about it, no, too painful. Not at all, not at all. Yeah, so just something for your, your diary there, so we'll see how that plays out. So just as we're starting to wrap things up for today's episode, um, Paddy, where are you in general? So obviously lots of folk are saying that they're happier with Ange than the prospect even of Eddie Howe at mm. this moment in time. They're feeling very good and very optimistic. Are you in that camp or how do you feel in general? Um, obviously I still, I still don't know an awful lot about this manager and I know an awful lot about how. Um, I think if I, I, we had appointed how to start off with, I would have been very optimistic for the season ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, the early glimpses I've, I've got to this manager, I've, I'm, again, I'm going on him. I'm going on his personal persona. Uh, sorry, sorry, his own persona, his his own view of uh, football, his philosophy, his style. But I still need to see that implemented. However, I'm very optimistic. Yeah. James, things could obviously, you know, be better and no doubt we're up against it time-wise, but are you happy-ish with where we are at the moment? Happy-ish. I'd like to have seen more signings uh, to date. You know, I think we need three players in this month and another two uh, before you know, we get into the real business end of the season, you know. So, yeah, I'm happy-ish. I'm happy there's a guy there. He's, you know, Looks like he's got great energy and great ideas and good football philosophy. He's got talent, he's got confidence. That's got to now come in from the board side of things and sign the guys we need. So, you know, if Celtic sign the players that they need, all of this, you know, tension starts to drift. Yeah. And don't worry, Olivier and Cham is still there. James Defile is the Champions League glory. A Rolls Royce of a footballer. Could be his year. Could be his year. (laughs) Could be. Him and the jetty. (laughs) So whilst we're still in the very, very, very early stages of Angie's time at Celtic, there's no doubt that he's slowly but surely chipping away at the doubters who are less than convinced about his appointment. That being said, it's what happens on the football park that'll decide his success. And by the next time we record, we'll have two fixtures to discuss, which will give us our first glimpse of Ange Postacoglu's Celtic and perhaps an indication of what lies in store. Thanks to Paddy and James for joining me in today's show and as always, our thanks to you for listening. If you're enjoying what we do, please continue to support us by sharing this episode with anyone you think will enjoy it and you can also keep in touch with us during the week on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook and YouTube. Thanks for listening and we'll see you again next week. 